Welcome to the latest edition of the Sports Speak podcast. I am joined today by Nathan. It's a Nathan Squared highlight. I'm your host, Nathan. We are going to talk all things 2021 Saudi Arabia Grand Prix as we head into next week or this weekend coming's Abu Dhabi season finale with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton even, dead even on points as we head into the final race of the 2021 Formula One season. It all comes down to this. It was an action-packed race. It was a crazy race. The, the racing was dirty. The tactics were dirty. There was penalties. There was red flags. There was everything. So without further ado, let's get into it with Nath. We're going to talk all things Formula One. Let's get cracking. Five times the championship leaders changed this season. What will happen now as it's lights out and away we go? Bottas gets a decent start, as does Hamilton. Verstappen can't dive down the inside. Leclerc's keeping him company as Hamilton takes the lead into the first corner from Valtteri Bottas. It's lights out and away we go again. And Verstappen and Hamilton are going to be neck and neck going into turn one. And Hamilton's got a better start. And Hamilton goes into the first corner as Bottas locks up. Almost hits Verstappen and goes off the track. And then forces Hamilton wide as Esteban Ocon gets ahead of Lewis Hamilton and goes into second place. So Verstappen in the lead from Esteban Ocon. And then comes Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to give you the opportunity uh, based on what occurred at turn one, two. We would drop you back behind Hamilton. Understood. That is my offer. Uh, yeah, we'll accept that. We understand the order will be Ocon, Hamilton, Verstappen. That is correct. As the lights on, lights out, and away we go. And Ocon ahead of Hamilton, but not by much. Verstappen's going to go down the inside. There's three of them, and Hamilton and Ocon touch. But they keep going, and Verstappen now ahead of Lewis Hamilton. He picked his moment, he picked the right moment. And Verstappen takes the lead of the race ahead of Ocon and Hamilton. He'll get the DRS here. And Lewis and, and he's got the slipstream too, Martin, and he is gaining, and he is gaining, and he is gaining on Max Verstappen. He's going to go for the move here. Lewis Hamilton trying to get into the lead of the race. They go wheel to wheel into the first corner. Verstappen has to bail out. Lewis Hamilton has to bail out. Verstappen ends that sequence with a bigger lead over Lewis Hamilton. Max doesn't like. Max doesn't like to yield, does he? He'll use any part of the racetrack. So let's give the position back to Hamilton. Obviously, do that strategically. Oh, they touched and they collided. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. How much damage on Hamilton's Mercedes? What has happened there? Verstappen being told to give the place back to Lewis Hamilton. Slowed down on the straight. Hamilton ran into the back of the Red Bull. Just what is going on here in Jeddah tonight? Max left a lot of space to the inside. But then he accelerated immediately away from it again, didn't he? Right, so we're we on board with Hamilton and Verstappen clearly slowing down. This yeah. is the DRS zone. Yeah. And Max Verstappen, after letting Lewis pass, now goes for a lunge down the inside and retakes the lead of the race. So he let Hamilton pass. Hamilton scooted past. And Max Verstappen has a five-second time penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. So he might have the lead of this race, but he's got a five second time penalty. Hamilton and Verstappen going for it again, and going for it again at turn 27. And Hamilton has now got past Verstappen. Lap 43 of this race, Hamilton now leads from Max Verstappen. 
Hamilton is going to give us level pegging in the championship as he comes home to win the first Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. It's Hamilton and Mercedes on top. It's Hamilton and Verstappen finishing 1-2 and sharing the top two places for the 13th time this season. And I don't want to now have dirty laundry in here, but uh, that wasn't, that was spectacular, but not a good race. Well, I think, look, we're going to come out of this weekend. We go into Abu Dhabi. We go there tied on the World Championship, leading by the virtue of race wins. It's whoever finishes ahead. We've taken them all the way to the final race, and we will do everything you know, that we can. We'll, we'll prepare, we'll regroup, and we'll see. Somebody, either Lewis or Max, will come out on top after next week. Well, well, well. Hello. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm thrilled to talk about this race. This was the most eventful race in years. Yeah, I don't know if thrilled's the right word I would use. I'm still I, I'm still I'm still reeling from it. Let's grow. Yeah, let's, let's smash let's through. In. Let's get in. So all right, well do you want do you want to kick us off? Well yeah, I kind of thought we could timeline this a little bit, and then I've got a few clips yeah. for, for us to react to that I thought were interesting both during and post race. So okay. pretty innocuous start. Not one of those races that had a crazy hectic start that left us going, wow, that was it was nothing. No, I was expecting fireworks on the first corner, but um, but no, nothing. It was it was pretty stock standard. Um, everyone got off the off the blocks pretty well, and, and that was it. Yeah, she went rolling, and then lap ten, a Haas, a reliable Haas crash. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I thought I thought Schumacher was a bit unlucky there. He, it didn't look like he did anything particularly wrong, but lost no. the back end and straight into the Tech Pro barrier and safety car. Yeah, so safety car originally, exactly. And that's where we had the uh, controversy, which was, I thought, quite, you know, quite a bit of fun. So let's let's go to my first clip of the night, Nath. And we've got Max Verstappen on the radio with Christian Horner, and we'll react to this and the non-penalty from it. Valtteri is driving massively off the pace. I agree, it's an absolute... That shouldn't be allowed, what he does. Right. So the- It's not allowed. It's absolutely not allowed under the regulations. You can't do that. And he's doing that to allow Mercedes the chance for the double stack. Verstappen stays out and takes the lead of this race. Hamilton and Bottas pit. So that's where we started with Max. You could sense that white line fever coming through him as Bottas slowed down massively on that uh, safety car call. So Mercedes could double stack. And nothing happened from it, which is interesting. Well, did did you see this um, a bit later on in the race uh, after all the other incidents that were to, to follow? Um, Christian got on the blower to, to Massey and was talking about it uh, again. Oh, and oh, I have it right here for us. Okay, perfect. Okay, and you having a really good look at all that Bottas stuff under the, and also Hamilton dropping back under the formation lap just now? Yeah, I'll have a look at it all. It was a standing start, restart, Jonathan, not a formation lap. Okay. Okay, no problems. Well, let's start with the Bottas part of that. He said he'd have a look yeah. at it. And then, and then said nothing to look at, really. Yeah. Within about five seconds of that call. So this is, this is what is so confusing to me is... They so I believe they're classifying this as a standing start and not a, so it's not a formation lab for some reason. Yeah, so let's so let's give 
context. So uh, yeah. red flag after the safety car call puts Max in front of yes. the two Mercedes by pure happenstance and pure luck, which we'll get into in a second. So they then make their way back to the grid and Lewis has dropped well comfortably more than 10 car lengths behind Max throughout that qual- throughout that uh what whatever the lap is called, not a formation yeah. lap, not a safety car lap. God fucking knows what it is. A warm up lap or something, or a procession to the grid. Right? Call it. Who knows? But apparently, yeah. on whatever this lap is called, which Massey never really iterates, doesn't matter what no. they do. He could have been fifty no. car lengths behind. Apparently, they can they can do whatever they want. Yeah, and so so Max, yeah. So just just to just to go back again, about half the grid had pitted under the safety car and changed their tyres, which is fine. It gives them a, a shorter pit stop. Once the once the red flag was called out, that obviously meant that Max could go into the pits and basically get a free stop, which, you know, good job, Red Bull, for, for calling the bluff. And obviously Mercedes wasn't very happy about that. I'm sure there's there's clips circulating the web of uh, of Hamilton being very unhappy with Michael Massey's call to have the, have the safety car originally and then to, to turn that into a red flag, which, you know, you can understand his frustration because they did roll the dice. Sure. Now, when it comes to this, this weird not formation, formation lap, there was also an incident later in the race where they, I mean, very soon after this, where they had to, they red flagged the session again and then went back out for another one of these laps to get uh, back into position on the grid for the third start of the evening. And I saw... On Ocon's, was it Ocon's? It might have been Latifi actually, because Latifi was was at the back. And on Latifi's steering wheel, it very clearly had the letters F O R M flashing on his screen. Mm. So, so to me, and, and that's that clip's available if you if you look up just before the third um, third restart, you'll see it. It is clear as day. So, I I'm just this is going to be a theme for me is and why I'm so confused and trying to get my head around things is it just feels like rules were being made up as the race went on. And I've never seen anything like this in, in F1 in all my years. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was very strange. I mean, look, if we can, we'll go back here. So Valtteri Bottas gets away with backing Max up under the safety car, which is quite clearly illegal Martin Brundle calls it immediately on commentary. A man who's raced yep. m- multiple races, seen multiple races in commentary over such a long period of time, immediately says, well, he isn't allowed to do that. That's illegal. But there's no penalty at any stage in the race for Bottas, which still stumps me. And I don't care yeah. if the red flag worked out for Max in that the race was neutralized and he's in front. You do the wrong thing, you get penalized. That's how it should work. Correct. Then we get the first restart, which is, Interesting in and of itself. Max is on pole, gets a pretty terrible getaway. Lewis has him. Now, what did you make of Max's move there? Because, oof. So I know you're a Max fan. I am a Max fan. Um, so let's I, I table that. Max, <laughs> I may have my Max-coloured glasses on for most of this conversation. But, look, I he definitely went off. He definitely went off the track. I mean, that's undisputable. He used uh, the corner to his advantage. I do believe he was squeezed off the track by Hamilton, whether or not Verstappen, the, the, the argument that everyone seems to make is, well, Verstappen breaks late. And it's like, well, you can't, you can't bring a, a driver's style into incidents. An incident is an incident is an incident. Because Max breaks late shouldn't mean that he's a, he, 
he's at fault if he gets pushed off the track. And I, and I do, I do stand by that. What I also, now you might disagree with me on this one, but Max, I disagreed on the clearly, first part, but yeah, go for it. <laughs> Carry on. But Max, Max quite clearly slows down going through that, that runoff area comes back on before the corner is complete. So still has to, you know, still rejoins the track before the corner is finished. Um, and, and he's quite ginger, quite slow around that corner in the first place. So, you know, in terms of, you know, if you conflate this to some of uh, Fernando Alonso's interesting uh, racing line choices throughout the season, you know, he's certainly not um, speeding off and, and using the full full power of that car on the runoff area. You know, it was, he came off the track. He knew he was well off the track. He tried to rejoin the race as safely as he possibly could um, without sacrificing too many places. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how I see it. I mean, I, I, fair enough. He had to give the, you know, well, I mean, yeah. We'll, so we'll get to the next part. Yeah. We'll get so to the next part when we get to the next part. Effectively, what happens there is look most of, most of what we're going to talk about was at the front of the race for a change, which often we chastise the uh, broadcast for focusing solely on the front, but in this particular race, entirely appropriate. Yeah. But but look, my take on that is it, it was far too aggressive. He was beaten to that corner and. I understand that's how Max drives, and I, I'm firmly of the belief that the non-decision in Brazil led to the actions in Saudi Arabia. So I thought, and I think the way Martin Brundle described the Brazil incident where Max effectively was never making that corner and sent them both off the track, was a professional foul. Now, yeah. this was nowhere near as egregious as that. I'm not saying it was, but clearly he was of the view of, I am not giving up this position no matter what, which is, hey, they're going for the championship. I Gloves are off. I, I don't, none of that surprises me. It certainly doesn't bother me per se, but I do want it to be a little bit cleaner. He missed the corner. He, was not, he wasn't making the corner, and that's a bit of a running theme with some of Max's moves in the last few races. Should he have given up the spot? Yes. As it was, there's was a red flag behind them when Perez and Leclerc came together and then, Russell and Mazepin, which I don't, whatever. I mean, George seemed to think it was always going to happen and Nikita couldn't avoid it. It's a one crash Nikita couldn't avoid. We'll give him that. Nevertheless, red card, red, red card, red flag again. Race is neutralized. And that's where we get Massey on the team radio, which is interesting. Deal or no deal. Yes. Yes. The deal Deal or or no no deal deal. Now, so this is where I was very, very confused. This is probably the most confused I was, even more so the next incident we'll talk about. Uh, There's well, a few. Maybe the next incident, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the next one after that. This is where I was very confused. So Max has taken a position illegally. All my, all my uh, arguments aside, you know, he, he had to give the position back. I think that was pretty clear. But the, the, the lap didn't complete. There was a red flag, which meant that there was a restart. Now, as far as I was concerned, if the lap wasn't completed and we were doing another restart, well, then we just do another restart. I don't understand why there was this conversation around Max giving a place back where Ocon, uh, so throughout all this chaos, uh, Ocon has managed to squeeze in between Lewis and Max and take the lead. So, well, or, or take second position. So, before the red flag, we had Max, Ocon, Lewis. Now, then it becomes this conversation between Massey and Red Bull 
around what I'm going to offer you is uh, starting at first. He says starting second. On yeah, the he got he got confused. Yep. So then Jonathan goes off to the team. He comes back and says to Michael, just confirming that we will be in number two spot behind Ocon, to which Massey replies, no, you'll be behind Lewis. And then it becomes this whole conversation around, well, where's Ocon? Who's who's where? So what, what Massey ends up doing is he gives Red Bull an offer, which is this won't go to the stewards. Max will be in third position. Lewis will be in second position. Ocon will be in first position for the restart. Wow. I didn't think the race director could uh, could just offer offer penalties. It like was that. certainly unique. Um, I think the red flag allowed that sort of conversation to develop. But what what I do find interesting, and I hadn't considered your point there that geez, we got four corners. Why are we even rejigging the grid? And I think I was all right with it on the basis that while I found it unusual, I do think Max shouldn't have had the advantage of restarting on pole, having pulled the move he did. In the first corner, it, it was a punishable move by the letter of the law. And if he gets away with doing that without penalty, I don't know. It wouldn't have flown for me. So I was quite happy with the way they – I didn't have a real big problem with it. It's certainly okay. – haven't seen it before, but I kind of thought that was the right outcome. Okay. We get a restart with Ocon on pole, Hamilton second and Verstappen third. And somehow Max goes from covering off Daniel Ricciardo to the lead – in the space of a braking so, zone. Unbelievable move. Yeah, un- unbelievable start from Max. Max, during the red flag, changes his hard tyres for a set of mediums, which will come, oh, yeah, very good uh, point. Will become very important later on. So he's he's absolutely on the fast tyre. We know that Red Bull have had pretty, pretty good success with the mediums uh, all weekend. So uh, he's on the medium tyre. He comes off the start and just, I mean, while Lewis and Ocon are jostling for first position and Ocon, to his credit, is doing an incredible job. While that's all happening, Max has a Red Bull-sized gap um, right up the middle and just just flies into into first spot. Yeah, and, and he um, was he was late on the position. Yeah, he was late on the brakes there too. And Lewis and Ocon both sort of had to move to the right slightly, but perfectly legal, great move. Loved it. I thought that was brilliant driving. Brilliant. Yeah, saw the gap and went and for this, it. And, that's racing one hundred and one. And this is where Verstappen is very true to himself all the time. I, I, I've never seen Verstappen. Um, I've never watched a Verstappen race and gone, oh, gee, he, he really held back there. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't himself today. Like Max is going to take every single opportunity he can. He's going to attack it hard. And he's always going to take those corners aggressively. It's what, it's what did him in, in, in qualifying. You know, he, it's, the, it's yeah. the whole reason he wasn't starting on pole is because he just does not know how to do anything less than a hundred percent. And that's just, that's just in his DNA. Yes. So Lewis passes Ocon, Max is in the lead and lap 36, we get another, <laughs> another scenario where Lewis gets the run on him down the straight, has the DRS, pulls out to the outside. Max keeps the inside line nice and tight. Lewis is, a comfortable car length ahead as they hit the corner and Max breaks very, very late. Now, to his credit, and I'm not going to pretend I don't think he did the wrong thing there and he was instructed to give the position back anyway, as it were, but ultimately Max locks up the rears, gets a snap, 
misses the corner, tries to make the corner, absolutely tries to make the corner. There's no no doubt in my mind he tried to make that corner. But again, Lewis had to take avoiding action of him because when the guy on the inside's coming at like a rate of knots, there's nothing you can do on the outside except hope he doesn't hit you. Max misses the corner. That's lap 36. He does leave off with more of a lead from there, but then the instruction comes through on the following lap to let Lewis through. Oh, boy. What a debacle now, that was. <laughs> now, we've got, a couple of, we've got a couple of things to unpack in this incident. So lap 37, we're coming up to the third third DRS zone of the track, which, which is very important. Um, we're in a very narrow part of the track as well, which should be, which should be noted. And Max is given the instruction by Christian to give the position back strategically. So that, that was the instruction. Verbatim. Yes. Verbatim. So now this is where I get a bit conflicted because if you have to give a position back because you've taken a position illegally, strategy shouldn't really come into it. Um, You've done the wrong thing. You have to give the position back. You don't need to say strategically. And you, should, and you shouldn't be thinking about it like that. It should be about fair racing. Do all drivers give positions back strategically? 100%. I was no say, such thing I have no driver. issue with this. I There's think no this is perfectly thing. normal. No, no, no. But, but this comes into the ultimate decision at the post-race. Okay, um, cool. Which, which, is impo- which is important. Oh, so yes, you're right. Absolutely. Is, okay, go, carry on. So, yep. so, again, so, again, when we're talking about Red Bull, I think they, they definitely let their emotions get the better of them. And... You know, Christian has has dug himself a hole here by saying strategically. Now, Max is approaching this this DRS uh, line, this cut off this cut off line, um, and he backs way off. Now, he doesn't brake test Lewis like Lewis said he did when Lewis was like, "He's brake testing me." That's not what he did. A brake test, as far as I'm concerned, would be if Max quite forcefully, you know, slowed very rapidly which is not really what was happening. He took his foot off the pedal. The engine started to mechanically slow down the car, which is what they're designed to do. Um, and you could see Max went, you know, I think he was in about third gear by the time Lewis was approaching his rear. So Max has been told, give the position back. Lewis, for some reason, that message has not come through to Lewis. Now, Ron Meadows um, from Mercedes was apparently told by Michael Massey that that was happening. But for whatever reason, Massey uh, Meadows had not gotten that message through the chain of events that it needed to get to to get to his driver, Lewis Hamilton. Let me play that for you so right Lewis, now so people can hear yes, what that please. sounded like. Are we, are we allowed to go by him? Yes, we are allowed to go by him. Well, he needs to slow up and let us. We had no idea who's going to do that. Uh, excuse me, Ron. I came over and told you if you've got other channels going. No, no, no. You told me as it happened. I was telling the I was telling the engineer at the time. Okay, well, Ron, I can only push as many buttons as I can. So, to your point, so basically, at the time that Max pulled to the side to let him through, Max knew he had to let him through. He had that message. Lewis had not heard a message that Max was going to let him through. But to be quite frank, why does that fucking matter? Lewis Hamilton is driving yeah, okay. behind Max. And he's faster past the man. There was plenty of room on the inside at that point. Yes. And they now, both were getting strategic. This, That's what it was wrong. 
this is this is where I'm going to defend Lewis Hamilton for two minutes. Make sure you've got this recording because this may not <laughs> ever happen again in the history of Formula One. The only thing that I can think about, and I thought about this all night, I've got to be honest, is this track was extremely problematic. It's way too narrow. There's too many corners. Um, the guys were attacking it. It was the fastest track I've ever seen. I mean, it was breathtaking how fast those cars were going through Saudi Arabia. The only thing I can think that Lewis was thinking was there's been an incident, there's something on the track, there's going to be a red flag, there's going to be a yellow flag, something has happened ahead of Max and he's and he's breaking. Now, that's the only thing I can think of, the reason why Lewis would not have, have moved to one side and, and overtaken Max because he was thinking that maybe there was an incident and with all of the issues that have happened in, in quite frankly, the last two races in a row around, uh, you know, it happened to, to Lewis in practice, um, it happened to Max at Qatar, you know, not seeing uh, double-waved yellows, not seeing the yellow flag lights uh, on the track. It's the only thing I can think that went through Lewis's head was, oh, I, I, I better not pass because if I pass and we're on yellows or we're on, you know, on a red, then I'm screwed. So that's the only thing that I can think about. However, with that being said, Lewis basically comes, I mean, even if he thought that, he was driving way too close to Max, way too close. And that's going to bear out because, obviously, contact is made. Lewis's front wing, uh, front right wing is uh, damaged, albeit lightly. And more significantly, Max's diffuser, diffuser is damaged and, and most of the rear is, is damaged. And by all reports, there was a couple of cuts on, on the rear tyres as well. So Lewis might look might have looked like he came off worse in the in the contact, but I actually think Max uh, copped the brunt of it. And as soon as Lewis hit Max, Max takes off. Yep. Fearing that DRS zone clearly, you know, thinking, well, I've got to get at least a second ahead here because Lewis is on my ass and and I'm screwed if he if he gets past me. So an extremely confusing set of events. I would recommend anyone listening to this who hasn't watched the race to jump on YouTube and and watch it because it is weird. It is very, very weird. Even the race um, highlights, seven minutes will give you the overview of what we're talking about. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, how, what, do, what do you think? Obviously, you, you don't think that. Uh, no. I mean, I... I tend to think this this narrative that drivers can't see yellow flags and it's on their dash. Like, they know. Uh, so, you know, the only one the week before was confusing because there was a green on one side of the track and a yellow on the other for mm. God knows what reason that happened. And he still copped a penalty anyway, I think, if I'm remembering it correctly. But, uh, yeah, you are. Yeah. Look, uh, yeah. No, I think Lewis was playing games with the DRS zone as well. I think they both knew what was going on and to play dumb is the easier option. Lewis wanted to be close mm-hmm. at that line, but not in front. Um, so he could pass thereafter being let past. Now he might not have known he's getting let past, but he absolutely did not want to pass Max Verstappen under any circumstance until after they had crossed the drag reduction line so that he would have the advantage of an open rear wing down the rest of the yep. straight. So they ended up in this situation where Max knew he was letting him by. Lewis didn't. I have no doubt he didn't know. Um, And the confusion reigned. And in the end, they've made contact somehow on a straight going slow, (laughs) which in and of itself is fascinating. Now, 
Max was, there was so much room. I mean, Martin Brundle on commentary live said, Completely. that's a clear misunderstanding. Something's gone amiss there. But Max has ended up with a 10 second penalty after the race for that incident, which is fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Obviously I'm not an engineer. Um, I haven't seen the telemetry. That seems to be the deciding factor in all of this. Yeah, um, apparently he's decreased the, speed by two, uh, a factor of two point four g in a in a moment yeah, there, right before the hit. So in a moment. Now, who knows? I mean, there's what what is a moment? What is what is time? I mean, we're talking about a sport that that trades in thousandths of a second. So you know, it's hard to know what the what the stewards were thinking. They they specifically called out the strategically line um, that Christian said. So I but do think I, there's an element of... Yeah. See, I, I get what you're saying. I, I just don't... From a steward perspective, you can't take intent from being strategic no, into a crash. Like, that exactly. doesn't make any sense to me. Exactly. And I, I, I don't... I, I'm not saying that's the reason that he should have got the 10-second penalty. I'm saying that that was clearly part of the, oh, yeah, the steward's I'm, decision. I'm agreeing and, with you. It doesn't make sense for that to be and, part of the decision. Yeah. And... I feel like this is a theme that we've been talking about or, you know, not even on, on the pod, but on just between ourselves. But mm. I feel like the stewards this season have just been so – some of their decisions have been made because of the uh, result of the incident, not the incident itself. And, and that is not what stewards should be doing. That is not how racing incidents should be adjudicated. And something has got to be done with the stewards in Formula One because, you know, we are – this sport is in a really precarious situation right now. We're coming off of what is arguably one of the most exciting seasons. Oh, hand, we've, hands, we've down, hands down, hands down. Yeah. 20, 2012 um, was the last close championship and this is better than that. And it, and it wasn't even a hair on this. Um, you know, we've got two drivers coming into the final race of the season on equal points. Hasn't happened since 1974. So – this is, you know, relatively unprecedented what is happening right now. We've got a whole new generation of fans who have got into this sport because of the drama of Drive to Survive, which is 50% manufactured, 50% real. But that drama is is what has brought those fans to the to the sport. And when these decisions get made, which which really turn Formula One into this clinical like rule-based event, not even a sport, you know, it becomes a, a penalty fest or a, or a start-stop fest. I mean, I struggled to even call Saudi Arabia a race. There, there was racing, but the event seemed to me like a, just like a circus. There were so many different decisions that have come into play and so many different things that, that culminated in this, in this event that, you know, a, a race, I don't know, Maybe sixty percent of it was a race. The rest of it was was left to to strange decisions and teams talking over the radio to each other. Yeah, yeah. they've got way bad. too much access to Michael Massey. I don't I don't yeah. like this communicating with the race director stuff. It's totally unnecessary. All it should be for is track conditions or debris. The rest of it, yeah. I'm doing my job. You do Completely. yours. Completely, and you know, it it. it well, okay, I'm going to get into it. I was going to leave this till the end, but I'm just going to get into it. I think that there is an element of this, which is your lead driver, your, your, your grid leader, is generally the person who dictates 
the generation of driver that is happening or the, or the style of races that you get. You've seen this with Senna. You saw this with Schumacher. We're seeing this now with Lewis Hamilton. And, and we're starting to see that tide shift as Max becomes a little bit more, more successful. But Lewis is a very clinical driver. He's a very, you know, by the book, like save my tires, um, attack these corners perfectly. You know, he's, he's a robot for, for one or better. You know, you, you put him in the same, same category as Roger Federer, you know, in that very like clinical effortless and there's, there's incredible amount of skill to do that, you know, and hats off. And it's the reason why Lewis is a seven time world champion, maybe an eight time world champion uh, in a week's time. However, there always comes this turning point between generations, you know, and Max is Max does not drive like Lewis drives. Max drives very aggressive, very, um, for lack of a better term, video gaming, which is where a lot of these, these young drivers are coming from. You know, Norris comes from that world. Russell comes from that world. Clerk comes from that world. Gasly comes from that world. Sonoda comes from that world. These guys are heavy risk takers. They, they drive fast, they drive hard, and that's where they flourish. You know, and, and I think what we will see in a couple of years' time is we will see the style of racing evolve to a much more aggressive place, but it's just not there at the moment. And because of that, these stewards uh, and the race director, Michael Massey, take the approach of the race needs to be clinical, the race needs to be, to be done right, and I think it's starting to impede, impede on letting the boys race. Interesting. That's the way I see it. Because yeah, if, if you look at... I don't at all. <laughs> now, I'm not, that, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that excuses anything that Max did. I think Max was, you know, he was seeing, definitely seeing red this race and he definitely stepped over the line once, once, I think, in this race. Um, I, don't think he, I don't think he stepped over the line in the braking incident um, and I don't think he stepped over the line in, in the third, after the third restart. So, you know, there's... There's this narrative that seems to follow Max, which is, you know, he's, you even said it, you know, he's an unyielding cunt. I, I agree to that. I agree with that to a certain point. But I also think that that's what makes good, exciting drivers. You know who else was an unyielding cunt? Michael Schumacher. You know who else was an unyielding cunt? Etten Senna. And those are, those are the greats of our sport. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of context. Max looks far worse because the grid leader is someone who is so effortless, so graceful. So you know, Alain, um, so Alain Prost about uh, what Lewis does. Yeah. A good counterbalance there. Very Prost so. and Senna and Hamilton and Verstappen. Very much so. It's the, it's the perfect analogy. Uh, it's the perfect analog. You know, it's, that's my overall theme. And I think yeah. that's what, what I really saw on display in Saudi Arabia. And there's a truth to that. And the the thing though that I think is important to remember here is they also were responsible for some of the biggest blights in the sport. And by that, I mean, Senna taking out Prost in Japan, Michael Schumacher taking out Damon Hill in Adelaide. So that, (laughs) that line between what makes them bloody amazing and dicks that make the sport harder to watch not harder to watch. That's probably not the right phrasing because it's actually quite exciting. But I suppose, uh, you know, they tarnish their own legacy a little bit when they go a step too far. Now, Max hasn't done that yet. Fermani hasn't done that yet, but he's- Definitely not. He's a bee's dick away. If he- 
we've got a week. We've got one week. I was going to say. <laughs> he's, if, got, he's got nothing to lose. Oh, well, yeah. So that's where what I think comes into play here is, and a good terminology one of my friends used is, plausible deniability. If he can get a crash that is just borderline enough, I, I've, I don't think he would do it on purpose, but I don't think he would yield, if that makes sense. And that's what we're facing in Abu Dhabi. But let's move on to Abu Dhabi in a moment. There's a couple other things I want to touch on from the race. And is there anything else you want to touch on with specifically with Max and Lewis and these incidents? No, I mean, look, I, I love it. Yeah. D- just honestly. So do if, I. If it was anything, bloody exciting. It, yeah. It's so <laughs> exciting. So exciting. Look, a couple of things that I want to touch on. Uh, Esteban Ocon drove an amazing race, as did Valtteri, who pipped him on the line. Valtteri drove tremendously well. He had a real fire in his belly this weekend. Um, it's really good to see. So, and you could see that in um, even in qualifying with with Lewis. You know, when Lewis came up to him and gave him a hug and said, "We did it, man!" You know, it seemed like they were really in sync this weekend. I think Valtteri's form immediately improved once the 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 weight of "Will I or won't I stay." was lifted from his shoulders, he's been a new man. And, and we know he's got the skill. We saw it with Williams. We saw it in his early days with uh, Mercedes. So uh, it was one of those ones where you wanted Ocon to get the podium, but at the same time, I've kind of felt like, I was like, good on you, Valtteri. That was a bloody good effort to to do what you did. Yeah, so yeah. he did. He did. Look, what the other. Uh, there's nothing else in the race that really stood out to me. You know, Daniel got lucky. He's had enough bad luck, so tick that box. Um, the Ferraris were a bit unlucky with the red flags. Lando Norris also particularly unlucky. And Seb couldn't get out of the way of some oh bad driving. Oh, man. He, I mean, yeah, Seb, I feel like everyone at the back of the pack was taking, was picking on Seb uh, last <laughs> Yuki, night. Yuki, Kimmy. Kimmy, Kimmy got into him. Yuki got into him. It was, there was shit, there was just shit flying off that car. That I've got to be honest. Seb, so. I don't know what Kimmy was thinking in that move. The, the corner was well lost. I don't know why he hung around there. Very strange driving. The only thing I can think, the only thing I can think is that um, Sebastian may have beaten him in badminton the week before. <laughs> yeah, the best buds. Yuki, to his credit, apologised after the race and admitted uh, that he had, that he had clearly made a mistake. What I do want to do is I just want to play uh, a Lewis Hamilton clip for you post-race just to see your takeaways from this. He didn't really, you know, I thought Max held his tongue quite a bit. Mind you, he was probably at fault for a lot of what happened. But Lewis, Lewis did not so much. In your mind, does Max fall into that category for you about the drivers that you mentioned earlier? He's he's over the limit for sure, but uh, yeah. I mean, I've avoided collision on so many occasions with the guy and and um, I don't always mind being the one that does that because you live to fight another day uh, which I obviously did so well I mean is he right I even start but, um, is he right I think from his point of view he's right I don't think he's ever had an opponent like Max Verstappen I don't I, I think there's very few drivers who have had an opponent like like Max Verstappen very few championships Drivers who who have had someone who is just you unrelenting, know, so aggressive, so brave. You know, I think that's that's the one word that doesn't get used with Max. Is you know, people call him careless, people call him aggressive. Um, I think he's incredibly brave. The courage that it must take to do what he does in that car every week, it's just phenomenal. Um, yeah, can we just let's pause for a moment? He won driver of the day for a reason. He drove. He's absolutely. driving out of his skin. The best. 
the best analogy I can give this is when Schumacher was trying to beat the far superior McLaren cars in the late 90s, yep. Max is driving at that level. That car is not Absolutely. as good. And while earlier in the season it was, right now it is not. And he's found a way to lead the last few races with an inferior vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think I think Max, for all the credit he gets, he doesn't get enough credit for just how good he's driving in that car. He he has no margin of error at the moment. And that Mercedes car is brilliant. It has been brilliant for you know the last eight, eight seasons. Years. Yeah. And 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 they've they've figured out something over the last month and a half. Um, um, and have got that car to to an unbelievable place. So so yeah, Max is just he's just driving out of his pants. And I think part of that he he has no margin of error, so he can't back off. He can't not do those things because it's all part of like I said before, it's all part of how he drives and how he conducts himself. He wants to win at any cost. And I think Lewis is is really struggling to come to terms with that. And I think Lewis is probably confused by him because he's like. I don't understand how he, why he drives like this. And I'm sure Lewis doesn't understand that. Is he over the limit? I think he was over the limit on one occasion last night. I don't, I don't think he was over the limit anywhere else. He's aggressive. He takes it to Lewis. He puts pressure on. He puts pressure on because he wants Lewis to make mistakes. And this season, Lewis has made mistakes because of that. So you're, you're not going to stop a strategy that works. And And you know what? I, I like that Lewis is a bit rattled by this. I like that there's a bit of emotion with Lewis. You know, one of my biggest problems with him is he's so robotic sometimes. It becomes boring. You know, I want to see him upset. I want to see him frustrated. I want to see him pushing and pushing and pushing because that's when you get the best out of Lewis Hamilton. These last three races, you have gotten to see Lewis at his absolute best because Max is at his absolute best pushing Lewis at every single spot. So, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think Lewis thinks he's right. I think Max also thinks he's right. I think the truth's somewhere in the middle. And, you know, it's just been, it's the reason why this season's been so good. It's the reason why Abu Dhabi is going to be, they, they've made the most boring race on the calendar now the most <laughs> intriguing. Now you're um, going? And I'm going, yeah. I'm, I'm right in there, right in the thick Holy of it. Holy so crap. Very excited. Incredible. You'll have to give us the live report. I shall. I shall indeed. Oh, I'm so jealous. It's 2010 was the last time. The last title decider uh, in oh, in the Darbs. I was I was there uh, when Weber, Hamilton, Alonso and Vettel could oh, all yeah. win in that last race. All and win. It was Seb from third to win the championship. Look, a couple other things. I've got a little clip here of Toto and then a little clip of the Toto Wolf being the Mercedes boss and then Christian Horner, the Red Bull boss, and their takes post-race. So let's start with Toto and then we'll go Christian and react to those bad boys. And then we've got a little something mm-hmm. else beyond that. The, uh, the driving that needs to be assessed and, and, and looked at, um, it's hard, very hard, maybe over the line hard and uh, we just want to have a clean championship, may the best man win. And if it's Max at the end, then then I have peace with that. But uh, it needs to just be a fair race. I think we feel hard, you know, hard done by with the five-second penalty. Uh, and then the incident where Lewis has driven up, you know, the back of Max. Uh, they'll go and explain in front of the stewards. But, you know, Max was trying to give the place up. We informed race control we were going to give the place up. Um, and he was trying to, you know, he'd lifted off. You can hear, I think Lewis is actually lifted off. 
I don't know whether he's messing around for the, the DRS line there, but, um, uh, you know, it was clear that, that, you know, we were giving the pace up. We'd, we'd inform race control. That's what we were going to do. So the one thing that we didn't touch on is Max received a five-second penalty. So getting back to the race, uh, on lap 37, Max tried to give up the place. Didn't happen. And then on lap 42, he does let Lewis go uh, into the lead, at which point Max also, or just before that, he got a five-second penalty, which he'd already given up a position for. So I don't really understand where that came from or why that came. Uh, And secondly... And it's a little thing that I think got really unnoticed is as Lewis went by him, man, did he put Ma- pu- push Max very wide on that turn. Very wide. Very, mm. very wide. Which was a bit yeah. of a retaliatory, and I don't, whatever, fair call, fair play. Hard driving is hard driving for both. But it, of course, got absolutely no cover, which I thought, <laughs> geez, he put him wide as he let him through. Little unnecessary. Very. But anyway, yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah. Look, going back to the two team bosses, one of the things that, one of the things that I struggle with being a being a Max supporter and a Red Bull supporter <laughs> is the fact that that I have to be a Christian Horner's the Christian Horner's running that team. Um, I dislike this guy. He has a real British schoolboy prickishness to him, and he he always has to explain something, and he always has to be right, and he always has to be sanctimonious, and it does not help Max. It does not help Red Bull's reputation with stewards. I'm sure that's part of it. They're only human. And it doesn't help the the narrative of the season, which is that the uh, rivalry between Lewis and Max is toxic. I, I don't subscribe to that fact. I don't think that Lewis and Max, you know, hate each other. I don't think they want to get into a boxing ring with each other and, and bash each other's brains in. I think they they see in each other the polar opposite. You know, and mm. and what makes better rivals than than the person who is your your exact mirror? I um, think in you know ten fifteen years these guys are going to do a sit down interview and admire the shit out of each other. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, is there any you know hurt feelings or anything like that? Sure. I mean, I'm sure that that mm. they're not happy with each other. But you know, I think for the most part, game respects game, and they they know that they're the best by far on this grid. They are just in class all, all out on their own and they're going to continue racing each other and it's going to be great. Looking at Toto and, and Christian, and if you look at both of those responses, Toto, regardless of how he's feeling inside, very measured, uh, very fair. You know, he presents himself so well. He's very knowledgeable um, and he's very fair and he seems like he's got a pretty good reputation amongst the grid. Christian will never be that. Um, Christian is a thorn in a lot of people's sides he doesn't know when to quit. He always has to have the last word. He always has to, you know, be a bit barbarous. He was, I don't know, there was there was a part of that interview with Damon Hill and he got quite feisty with Damon Hill. That that's and, that's an ongoing thing for those two. There's there's no exactly. love loss there. No, and it's just unnecessary. And you know, it's uh, sport. Can I can I counter I like it because you you were just talking about how Max cops all the critique and very little of the praise, particularly with the British side of things. And, you know, Damon basically called him deliberately crashing into Lewis, which we touched on a few races ago, which I thought in the moment was absolutely absurd. It was Monza that he called him out as deliberately crashing into him. So, you know what, for Christian, what else is he going to do? Of course he's going to stand up for his driver. So 
look, have a bit of prick about you. I mean, they're the feisty underdogs. Let's be real about where they are. They are, they are the, as weird as it is to say, the two most dominant teams in the last decade and a bit. But Red Bull yep. are the underdogs here, no doubt about it. And Toto's tone there, you know, if Max wins, I'll have peace. He knows they're going to win. You can tell he feels like they're going to win. Toto, mm. if you ask Toto, are we going to win? The answer would be yes. You ask Christian, he go, we'll do the best we can. That's the difference between the two men right now. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I, I just, I just don't think it helps. The it certainly doesn't help Red Bull in the British press, which is the global audience, right? Because everybody right. watches Sky Sports. That's yeah. the feed that that is the global feed, and those guys clearly have a problem with yeah. the Red Bull team, and clearly have a problem with Christian. Um, and he doesn't make it, make it any easier for him, you know. And 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 sport these days is about finesse. For, you know, for, for whether it's whether it's good or bad. I you enjoy know, you, it. You just I enjoy I I do enjoy fuck it. Fuck Damon Hill. I can't know. stand that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck Damon Hill indeed. Damon Hill's a fucking idiot. But um but you know, it's I don't know. It's it's it I get what you're saying. You, you finesse it a little off, more. Yeah, and, and it, you come off when you're when you especially when you you've got someone like Toto at the helm of of Mercedes, if you play this like back and forth petulant game you just come off looking like an idiot and, and, you know, you, you have to, you have to rise to the occasion and be, um, you know, present yourself against the opponent that you're presenting yourself against. And I just think that that Christian doesn't do that very well. And it's to Max's detriment. Now I've got one other thing I want to touch on and that is the red okay. flag itself and what that means. So ever since, uh, you know, every time we've seen a red flag, there's big winners and there's big losers because effectively, as we've said, when a race is neutralized like that, everyone in the pits can make a change to their car, wing, tires, you name it. Fresh, fresh shot, replace it with like for like. Here's Lando Norris after the race. Well, Lando, you managed to salvage a point after what was just a horrible race, wasn't it? Such a losing out so much under the red flag. Just, um, just yeah. talk us through that. Probably the worst you rule really- ever invented by someone. What? The red flag, like being able to change tyres under the red flag. I mean, a lot of people have actually been saying that. Is that something well, that We said it last can... year already. Like, um, not to take anything away from Pierre, because people have already said that's what I'm trying to do, but with the Monza, Monza race last year, when um, like Pierre got to change tyres for free, like, I don't know, it's just... I don't feel like it's deserved in a way. Yeah. It's just complete luck, and it's um, luck that doesn't need to be given to someone. And that's like pretty much what it is. Is it's just like giving to someone. So, um, yeah, I just ruined our race today. It feels like you do so much just um, to get it all get, you know taken away. So, sucks because the team did a good job. I thought the car was pretty pretty di- decent, decent. Um, but it just yeah, this crap rule ruins everything. So, this crap rule ruins everything. What do you make of it? Oh, look. Yeah, I, look. I think comments like that speak to Lando's immaturity and where his head's at at the moment with the way he's racing luck is part of this sport you know luck and timing and all of those things is it is it luck um maybe if if the the red if the red flag wasn't called and the race continued and those people who didn't pit were left out there on shitty tires um you know waiting for another red flag that never came is that luck or is it strategy you know there is an element of this sport that is you know that have off the track and quite a large element of the sport that happens off the track and these types of things these red flags and 
you know, safety cars and all that stuff. It's all part of it. You know, is it is it unfair? Well, I guess it depends on where the race is and who's benefiting from the race. You know, Lewis did the exact same thing at Imola this year and Max did it now. You know, it is what it is. If you look at look at Lando's bad calls this year, you know, they've had more bad calls, Lando and his team, than they've had good calls. So is it luck or is there something in their strategy that's that's not quite a hundred percent this year? I don't I, I do do I think it's a stupid rule? No, I, I don't. I mean, you're in the pits. You're in the pits. You're out of Park Ferme. So, the, you know, the moment the race starts, Park Ferme is gone. So you can do whatever you want, really, to the car. If you're in the pits on a red flag and you've got a busted up nose, should you be allowed to change the nose? Yeah, I think so. Why yeah, not? I'm with you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, part of the sport is luck. And is it dumb luck? Yeah, it is. But sometimes that'll work for you and sometimes it won't. And- that's shit. And, up, and to be honest, like to be honest, on this track, if you didn't think we were at least getting one red flag, yeah. uh, throughout the race, I agree, you were mate. Mad. Yeah, street, way too narrow, way high too high speed corners, street circuit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you can take issue with Massey not calling a red flag immediately and waiting straight three away. laps to do it. That's that's a different conversation. But you know, now nah, I don't. I'm with you. I doesn't but really. Also, just on that, just on Massey's call. Number one, I don't think he could have made that call straight away. I think if he would have called a red flag because someone hit a tech pro barrier, people would have been up in arms going, "What's the, I mean, the tech pro barrier is way off the track. There's no way these cars are going to hit it. Let the boys race. It wasn't until you know they were able to go and inspect the tech pro barrier, they realized that it was breached and they needed to replace it and they needed to get the car out of there with the crane, blah, blah, blah. And by that point, the cars that had pitted had pitted and had done so, you know, two laps previously. So it wasn't like, you know, people waited uh, and made this call late. Those Mercedes and the McLarens, they were in the pit within 15 yeah, seconds of the, of, of the yellow flags being out. Yeah. So, you know, they were clearly waiting on a strategy and they executed that strategy and it was the wrong one. Yeah, shit happens. Now, we go to the Darbs. They're even on points. Verstappen has nine race wins to Lewis Hamilton's eight race wins and therefore is leading the championship by virtue of more race wins. Mm-hmm. What do we think? The, the Abu Dhabi track has changed as well, so it's not the it same has. track that Max has dominated. So can Red Bull pull a rabbit out of the hat and hold on to this championship on merit? Do we see a crash? What, are you, what is your prediction? Or do we see a Hamilton championship ceremony again? Yeah. I mean, where do you even start to predict this season? It's just been... <laughs> So incredible. Um, look, in all honesty, as much of, as, as much of a massive Max fan that I am, I, I am honestly happy either way. Both drivers have deserved this. You know, whoever whoever wins is by far, you know, the champion of this season because it's just been so incredible to watch. Um, and it's happened since race one. You know, this has not been like a late season resurgence. This is just seesawed back and forth for so long. I think Max will, I think Max will win it. All right, I think a crash. Ooh. End the season on the most sour of notes. Spicy. Spicy crash. Some sort of contact early, anyway. Early in the race or late in the race? Uh, oh, that's a good call. Uh, I don't think it would be early unless it's a genuine accident, but late. Plausible deniability is what I'm looking for. I like it. Yep. It's <laughs> going to be interesting. No matter what they do, it's going to be interesting. 
I mean, if you're going to be the villain, be the villain properly. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a stay up all night for it race for me. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good, mate. Don't worry. I'll uh, I'll be texting you from the track. I look forward to it. All right. Enjoy. All right, brother. See you, brother. Good to see you. Bye. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sports Speak podcast. In the show notes, you will now see that we do have our own website for the pod. So you can get on there. You can see all the pods. They're listed by categories, be it Formula One, AFL, NBA. All my guests are listed as well, from Nathan to Jono to Jimmy to Steve. You can follow the podcast on Instagram under at sports underscore speak underscore podcast and join in the conversation there. The Formula One season is coming to a close next week. We're going to have Nath live at the track, which is pretty bloody exciting. And I'm looking forward to this race and this championship decider in Abu Dhabi. And until next week, we'll catch you soon. Take it easy, guys. That's all, folks.